0: The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the eighth chapter. Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he asked his disciples, Who do you say that I am? And they answered him, John the Baptist, and others, Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. He asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, You are the Messiah. those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The last ten days here in Upper Dublin have really been something else. We came home on Monday from vacation. We got the kids ready for school on Tuesday. We had our first day of school on Tuesday, and then a tornado hit on Wednesday night. And as you probably know by now, we had this EF2 tornado with sustained winds of about 135 miles an hour cut a swath across our township on Wednesday night, September first. We sit here today only a half a mile from the path of the tornado which went to our south. That night, the power went out, the waters were rising, and the wind sounded like a train hurtling through our community, shaking everything in its path. On Thursday morning, I drove around Upper Dublin with my daughter, Tess, to assess the damage, and I was not prepared for what I saw. Traffic was slow moving because there were trees down on Susquehanna Road on either side of the road, and so we often went down to one lane. We saw a car that was left on the road that was crushed by an evergreen tree. And later that afternoon, I walked down to the high school and township buildings and then down to Elliger Park, one of the hardest-hit parts of Upper Dublin. Driving was impossible with trees and power lines all over the roads, And when I walked, I saw houses covered in trees, some with open roofs and open walls, power lines thrown down everywhere. Last week, we attended some community meetings to help distribute supplies, and we heard the harrowing stories from communities like Stewart Creek and Joel Drive among the hardest hit. The Upper Dublin Township building is unusable. The high school will be closed for a couple more weeks. And the students from Fort Washington Elementary have learned that the building will be closed through the end of the year, and classes are currently being relocated to elementary schools across the school district. And last I heard, 85 homes in Upper Dublin were considered uninhabitable. Our township is hurting with so much suffering and devastation, sadness, lots of shock, and grief. And our scriptures today Speak right into that. From Isaiah, we hear The Lord God helps me. Therefore, I have not been disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like flint, and I know that I shall not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let us stand up together. Who are my adversaries? Let them confront me. It is the Lord God who helps me. And from Psalm 116, The snares of death encompassed me. The pangs of Sheol laid hold on me. I suffered distress and anguish. Then I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, I pray, save my life. Prayers that were probably being prayed in basements all across our community. The psalmist says, Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is merciful. The Lord protects the simple. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return, O my soul, to your rest, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I walk before the Lord in the land of the living. The biggest natural disaster in the Bible is the great flood, which we hear about in the story of Noah and the ark. And along with this localized tornado and other tornadoes around us, we saw incredible flooding across our area, including in Philly, where the Vine Street Expressway became a river as the Schuylkill River crested its banks. Stories of floods were common in the ancient Near East, where the Bible was written, especially nearby in ancient Mesopotamia, where flooding between the Euphrates and the Tigris rivers was a regular occurrence. The most famous and ancient text about these floods is called the Epic of Gilgamesh, which actually my daughter Ellie is reading this week for her Foundations Year course in college. And in that culture, in the Epic of Gilgamesh, floods were considered to be judgments by God or the results of win, the whims of a pantheon of gods in those places, those cultures and religions. But in the Noah story, God saves the faithful, Noah and his family, and God is with them through the wind and the rain and the flood and every kind of physical, mental, and emotional disaster. In his sermon on the 10th anniversary of 9-11, Pastor Derek Harkins of the 19th Street Baptist Church in D.C. said, God is our refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble. The reality is that there will be difficult times, but God promises to be our refuge. When buildings are crumbling and our world is shaken, God has not failed us. God has promised to be with us in the middle of tragedy. We sometimes think that when we find ourselves in difficult circumstances that God has abandoned us. But this is not the case. And so it is for us here in Upper Dublin as homes and schools and the township building have been damaged and devastated, and our landscape and horizon with thousands of trees downed will look forever different. But God is in the midst of it, and God is with us now. And we have seen that most profoundly in how our community has rallied around to help one another. I've been reminded of a quote this week from Mr. Rogers that often circulates around the internet in times like this. He says, when I was a boy, I would see scary things in the news. and My mother would say to me, look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. And there have been so, so many helpers who have volunteered and donated in so many ways in our community. There's been an incredible community response effort with roving groups of volunteers with chainsaws helping to clear debris. In other circumstances, that would be the stuff of horror films. But now it is a sign of love and deliverance, neighbors helping and loving neighbors. We have been able to play a part in that. Uh, On Friday after the tornado, when the power came back on here, Tracy Clapham reached out to me to see what we could do. She was moved by a request from Karen Adams, whose daughter Joanna Waldron and her husband John and daughters Rebecca and Emily had their home totaled in the storm. So Tracy suggested that we make food staples and cleaning supplies available to those who could use it. She contacted the Maddie Dixon food cupboard, and their volunteers put together food, and her husband Scott and I picked it up and brought it to church. We started off with four tables with peanut butter and jelly and bread, snacks, some cleaning items, and more tuna fish than you can imagine, and no mayo. (laughs) And we put the word out that we needed volunteers and donations, and support immediately started to roll in. And we have had volunteers in our fellowship hall since last Saturday for at least eight hours a day, volunteers from our church and volunteers from our community, and incredible donations of every kind. And now we are using just about every single table in this church to hold the items who have been donated in the Fellowship Hall and in the NPR. School supplies, food, cleaning products, clothes, drinks, toiletries, plastic bins and boxes and packing tape. It all flows right into the Fellowship Hall and it all goes right back out to neighbors in need as they come to the church, or we deliver supplies around the town. Tracy and Scott Clapham have been the coordinators and the heartbeat of this effort, welcoming neighbors and coordinating with all kinds of groups and organizations and people in the township. And uh, Tracy and I were just reflecting yesterday about what a blessing it has been to be part of this, to help our neighbors and to facilitate people's desire to help. We have been a conduit for our community caring And it's inspiring. And I encourage you again after church to walk down to the NPR and the fellowship hall and see firsthand, if you haven't already, what I'm talking about. And later tonight, we will host a spaghetti dinner fundraiser, which is run by the Upper Dublin Education Association from 4 to 7 o'clock out in the garden. And all the proceeds of that dinner will go to displaced families. And there are many of them. We're using so many tables here at church that we had to borrow tables from Trinity Fort Washington to actually host the spaghetti supper because we have so many supplies. What we are witnessing, witnessing and experience here is the kind of love and selflessness that we see in Jesus. In our gospel, we hear Jesus teaching his disciples about it. He was teaching his disciples about the path that he would take to suffer and die, lay down his life and to rise again. And Peter, being Peter, of course, he gets it right about the Messiah thing and he gets it totally wrong about this. Again, Peter objects. And this is so important that Jesus actually rebukes him right, and says, get behind me, Satan. Because Jesus knew this self-giving, self-sacrificing love. This is the way of God, the way of love and the way of faith. He says, If anyone wants to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? This line of saving one's life by losing it is a little paradoxical, but I like the way that the theologian Dorothy Soleil puts it. She says, If my hands are fully occupied in holding on to something, I can neither give nor receive. Rather than holding on to what we think will save us, we let it go and open our hands to others and discover that that is truly life, that it is in giving and serving others that we become fully alive. We discover meaning and purpose and hope for ourselves and for others and for our world. In her book, Imagining Abundance, Carrie Robinson writes, A core tenet of faith is the call to live lives of authenticity, honesty, vulnerability, and generosity. Central to Christianity is the conviction that one finds life by giving it first away. Generosity, other-centeredness, mercy, compassion, relinquishment, these constitute the qualities of being Christ-like. Everyone has something to give others. She says, everything comes from God. We begin with gratitude for such blessings, and we desire to love God back. We love God back by being fruitful with our own lives, which is to take all that has been given to us and to place it at the service of others, of creation, of life itself. It is to be a beneficial presence. It is to contribute and bless rather than to take and condemn. It is to demonstrate our love for God by loving all that God loves and attending to whom and what God loves by giving our whole selves in service. When we lose ourselves and lay down our lives in service to others, we realize what really matters. And we have learned that lesson once again in these last 10 days. Just like COVID, this tornado has pierce the illusion of our rugged individualism and our self-sufficiency, the illusion that we are each self-sustaining and have little need for others except for our small circles of family and friends, that our personal freedoms outweigh our communal well-being. We see in the words of High School Musical that we are all in this together always. Our health, our well-being, our safety, our happiness is all interdependent in our local and global community, with neighbors both near and far. And we need each other, now more than ever. There's much more work to do with and for our neighbors. The work of recovery is hard and long, but we will be here as long as it takes. And I think for our church, this has been a moment of renewed connection with our community an opportunity to serve and practice what Jesus has shown us through his life, death, and resurrection. And so may God continue to bless and enliven the work and love in our community. May God give us hearts for our neighbors, hearts for service, whoever we are, wherever we may be. Amen.